Hey, good morning, Edinburgh. And it's great to be here with you all. I do want to just take a moment uh, to let, let you all know we were in, in the month of December in something we were calling the Thrive 2.0 campaign. Um, we had set out to, to uh, raise $300,000. That was our, 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 our highest goal that we've ever set as a church. And I just want you guys to know we met it. <laughs> in fact, we went a little bit over it. So we can celebrate that. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, at Embrook. Um, it's just incredible to see the generosity that was poured, poured out uh, so that we can continue doing awesome ministry, right? Right here locally in our community, but also beyond. I and mean, this is a lot of these funds go to, to do ministry across the world. And I know if we had um, all of our mission partners that we were able to pay up and, and, and uh, be on time with their payments, I know they'd stand up here and say, thank you so much for the ministry that's happening across um, the world. Your giving is going to, to, to truly make an eternal impact uh, in this world that, that we live in. Uh, I hope you, you know that. It's, it's, for, the, it's for God's kingdom, and, and it makes a, a huge difference uh, when it comes to eternal things. So thank you, church. Um, I, I'm kind of on cloud nine right now and just so um, humbled uh, by the generosity uh, of this church. Um, if um, those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Brent Hall. I'm the lead pastor here at Edinburgh Church. We, we are currently in a series called What If There's More? What If There's More? Um, I, I kind of want to start with a, another question. Has, has there ever been like a food that you, you learned to love or today you love, but maybe when you were a kid or you were younger, uh, you, you didn't love it so much? In fact, maybe you didn't think you would ever enjoy it. Uh, you didn't think you'd ever eat that. And now you find yourself absolutely loving it. For me, that this food is sushi, okay? And I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but, but I remember being as a kid, I probably felt like some of you do, where I was like, who would ever want to eat raw fish, right, wrapped in, in seaweed? Who would ever enjoy uh, 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 that? Just cook it, right? Just cook it. Just cook it. And, and, and I know some of you, you're like, uh, you probably were like, who would ever want to eat that? I remember thinking that way for so many years. And in my early 20s, I'm at work, and... Um, these, these two coworkers are just like, you have got to try sushi. You've got to try. It's like, who would ever want to eat that? you got to try it. Before you knock it, like, you got to go. And they were like, don't go get bad sushi. Don't go get gas station sushi. <laughs> they were like, go get the good stuff. Go to a good sushi bar. And they talked me into it. Sometimes we need the encouragement of others, right? And, and, and so I told, asked Danielle, yeah, would you want to go with me? These coworkers are saying, we got to go try it. So we went to this really nice sushi bar, bellied up to the sushi bar. And uh, ordered what they had told me to order, my, from these coworkers. But we had no idea how to eat sushi. I mean, we had never done this before. I barely knew how to use chopsticks. So when the sushi came, I'm like tearing up the chopsticks apart. And I'm like, do you stab it? Like, make sure it's really dead? I, I, don't, I, I don't know even how to. And, but fortunately, there was this guy sitting next to us who knew how to eat sushi. And so he showed us how to eat, use the chopsticks. He showed us how to mix the wasabi and with the soy sauce and our saucer there. And uh, he was like, you don't take a bite out of it. You just eat the whole piece at once. And we did. And, and it was fireworks. <laughs> and we haven't looked back. We fell in love with sushi uh, that day, right? It was like, uh, uh, you know, it was like amazing grace, right? I, I was blind and now I see, okay? Uh, it, it, we fell in love. And I was like, Danielle, we are going to eat sushi every single day. And then we got our bill, and I said, well, maybe every year, right? once, <laughs> once a year, because it's not cheap, okay? 
But we've fallen in love with sushi, and we are sushi lovers to this day, eating it as often as we can. But it's amazing how it was something that I never thought I would want. It's not something I never thought I would try, never thought I would enjoy. And now it's probably considered my, my favorite food. How amazing is it that that can happen in our life, that there are foods out there, there's probably still foods out there that I never would think about eating or trying. And if I did, I'd probably fall in love with it and experience so much more. Our spiritual life is often like that. See, many of us, we have a preconceived notion of what God can do for us. We have preconceived notions of what Christianity is. We put God into this really small box. You think, oh, I've arrived. This is as much as there is. I want to remind us today that there's more. That, that if we were to belly up to the bar, the sushi bar of God and all that he has to offer us, you just might discover there is so much more to this thing called Christianity than you ever thought. Do you realize that even when we're in heaven, we will never stop learning about God? Do you realize we will never stop growing in grace? We will never stop growing in joy. We will discover new levels of peace that we never thought possible. The reason for that is God is an infinite God. You, you can't tap him out. There's always going to be something to learn. To say that we've arrived and that it says, that's like saying go to the edge of the universe. You're never going to make it. There's always more. And here's the good news for all of us. We get to start that journey right now. I'm telling you, there is so much more. Some of you have no ideas. You don't even have paradigms for what God can do in your life. But if we will start these spiritual disciplines and, and look at these things that we're talking about in the series, it might just be a pathway to discovering more than you ever thought possible in your life, your family, with your kids, your grandkids, what you might see God do in your life and in this world. This morning I want to talk about what if there's more to prayer? What if there's more to prayer? When we read the Bible, one of the things you can't help but notice is all throughout the Bible, we see God answering some pretty incredible prayers. And, and, and this morning, I want us just to look at one example. This is the story of uh, King Hezekiah, okay? Uh, king Hezekiah, he's the king of Israel. But what we also need to understand about this context is he's also in the throes of a war. Oh, Israel is, is at war with the Assyrians. And King Hezekiah is going to grow sick. And um, he's on the verge of death. He's not necessarily dying of old age here. He's dying from some illness. And what makes this matter worse is this is the leader of Israel while they're in a time of war. Can you imagine? This is your commander-in-chief. Can't imagine what that would do if you lost your commander-in-chief while you're in the midst of war. And so this is the context we read, 2 Kings 20, in verse 1. It says, in those days, Hezekiah, the king of Israel, he became ill and was at the point of death. Prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says, put your house in order. Because you are going to die. You will not recover. Okay? So this is the prophet speaking for God. You, this is what's going to happen. You're going to die. You're sick. You're going to die. Well, we can't even imagine the panic that this would have set throughout Israel at a time of war. Verse 2 goes on to say, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And we're told Hezekiah wept bitterly. So he weeps, he prays. God, he's saying, God, I don't want to die. I don't want to die like this. And so he prays. And verse 4 goes on to say, before Isaiah, the prophet, had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, 
the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father, David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. And we go on to read that God extends his life by 15 years, and they end up defeating the Assyrians as a result, okay? And, and so here's an example where we see God answering prayer. It, it, it was going to go this way, but because Hezekiah prayed, his future went this way. It was going to go this way. It was going to go a certain direction. It was death. It seems certain. But he prayed, and it ended up going a different direction. He ended up having 15 years added to his life. That's what we need to be reminded about prayer this morning. Prayer changes things. Do, do you believe prayer will change your future? Do you believe prayer has changed history? It has. Okay? And I'm here this morning to remind us that God is still answering prayers. He's still answering prayers. In fact, this past week, those of us who are aware of what happened in the NFL uh, this past Monday, um, where a guy by the name of DeMar Hamlin, a defensive player for the Buffalo Bills, suffered cardiac arrest out on the field. If I understand correctly, he, he didn't breathe for up to nine minutes uh, on his own. They had to put him, he, he was uh, completely dependent on, on oxygen after that. And people started to pray. We saw even our country come together. We saw people on ESPN stopping to pray for DeMar Hamlin. And now I'm being told, I just heard even this morning, neurologically they're saying he's in excellent condition and might be on the path to a full recovery. Not even a week later. Let me suggest to us that's the power of prayer. DeMar Hamlin asked for it. His family asked for it. He got it. His life could have gone this way. He was on the verge of death, and now it's looking like he's going to make it. Power, power prayer. Now, I know some of us, we've tried prayer, and we've prayed, and, 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 and the answer we got was no. And that can be so hard, and they can be so discouraging when that happens in our life, and we pray for someone or something in our life, and, 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 and God says, no, that does happen. Um, uh, many years ago, I took my kids uh, to uh, the ice cream shop, and I told them on the way there, hey, you'll, I'm going to give you one scoop uh, of ice cream each. I was even reluctant to do that because when my kids eat sugar, I don't know if it's true, I mean, they just start bouncing off the wall. So I was even reluctant to give them the one scoop. But we get to the ice cream shop. I'm trying to be, you know, that fun dad, and hey, I, you know, let's go get some ice cream. But as soon as we walk in, the, the ice cream shop owner, he must have been the owner, I'm assuming. He was at least a really good salesman. In front of my kids, he says, hey, today you can get three scoops for the price of two. In front of my kids. So my kids instantly look at me like, dad, it would be financially irresponsible <laughs> not to give us the three scoops. I mean, this is the deal of a lifetime. And I had to say, no, we came in here for one scoop. You're getting one scoop. You little monkeys can barely handle that, Okay. So we, they walked out, bitter with their one scoop, while I had my three scoops, okay? Uh, 
But what's amazing is they were bitter about just their one scoop. That's what we went in for. Now they're bitter because, but any parent in here knows what I'm talking about. There are times where your kids are going to ask for things, say things, want things, desire things. And what do you have to say as the loving, good parent who knows what's best? You have to say no. You know, that's what good parents do. Why? Because we're wiser. We're smarter than our kids. We should be. Okay? We have more understanding. Uh, we see the bigger picture, and we have to understand it's the same thing with our relationship with God. He's wiser. He's smarter. He sees things you can't see. And so when he says no, we have to trust he has an eternal purpose. Oftentimes, God's not just looking at our temporal comforts. He's looking at eternity and things that are going to matter for all of eternity. And I've had my heart bruised at times when God said no to a prayer that I thought was good and right and something God would want to do, but he said no. But I've, what I've learned I have to do is I have to continue trusting him. I have to trust in those moments. He's a good God, and he has a purpose that I don't understand. Okay, that's where faith comes in. If we never experience disappointment, why would we need faith? Sometimes we're going to need faith. But here's what I've also learned. I'm not going to let one no in my life cost me a thousand yeses. See, sometimes we get the no, and then we just give up. And there's a thousand other prayers that God says he is willing to answer in our lives. It makes me think of the story of the man who dies, and he goes to heaven, and he meets uh, St. Peter at the pearly gates. I don't know if that's theologically correct, but just work with me here. And St. Peter starts giving him a tour of heaven. And this man starts noticing all these warehouses when he, when he walks into heaven. Like just row after row after row after row of warehouses. And it's going on for a long time. And eventually he's just like, Peter, I got to ask, what, what, are all these, what are all these warehouses about? And um, that's when Peter tells you, he says, these are all the prayers God would have answered. But they didn't ask. And so they went unanswered and unfulfilled in their life. I don't know about you. I don't want to leave anything in that warehouse. I want everything I can get from God, more of him in my life. I, 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 want, I, I need his help daily, okay? Leading a church, I need his help oftentimes. Raising kids. I want to be the kind of person who prays for my grandkids. Praise great things, bold prayers. I don't want to leave anything in those warehouses. James 4, 2 says, you do not have. Why? Because you don't ask. God's waiting for us to ask, apparently. You do not have because you do not go to him and ask. You're leaving it in those warehouses. <clears throat> this past... Uh, Month, you know, we set out this goal, this Thrive campaign, Thrive 2.0, and needed to raise this miraculous amount of money. I told the leadership team, I said, it's going to be a miracle. Week one, you know, we were praying. We were praying before this as well, but uh, it, it didn't look great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it didn't look great. Week one came. Week two, it just kind of looked like a typical month. We went, we went back to God. God, we're praying. <laughs> Please do something. Week three, we got over the halfway point. But it still wasn't going to look like we were going to make it. And if I were to be honest, I was kind of already secretly preparing a little bit of a concession speech. <laughs> and then week four rolled around and we started getting a little hope, but we weren't there. Then that last notification went out on the last day. 
Some of you know what I'm talking about because that's when you decided to give. <laughs> Do you just like to keep me on my toes or what? And that was what we needed, and it got us over the 300,000 amount. Last minute, buzzer shot, we got there. It was absolutely incredible. And uh, if you're a person here today, you don't understand how incredible that is. Again, the biggest giving month we've ever had, and we needed it just to stay on track. If you're ever doubting God in prayer and what he can do, just remember what he did in Edinburgh Church in the month of December 2022. Okay, if you're doubting prayer, just look at what he's doing in the life of Damar Hamlin, who we're thinking is going to die and now is making a recovery. God answers now, I think one of the reasons some of us give up on prayer is because, I'm just being honest with this, I, I think many of us pray powerless prayers. And you sense it. Your, your prayers don't have any power. It doesn't even feel like God maybe is hearing your, your prayers. I think most people, I don't think God even hears their prayers. I don't even think it makes it into his throne room. And I want us to be a church here at Edinburgh Church that when we pray, we pray in such a way that it makes it into God's throne room and he hears the request we bring before him. Amen? So what is it that we need to do if we're going to start praying powerful prayers, prayers that make it into the throne room of God? Well, to understand this, you've got to go back to the Old Testament temple. You see, in the Old Testament temple, there was a special room. In fact, it was the most special room, or call it a chamber. What, what am I talking about? This, this room was called the Holy of Holies. This is where God's very presence was said to dwell. It's where his Shekinah glory, the concentrated presence of God on earth, resided. In, in, this, in this room, this Holy of Holies, there was something called the Ark of the Covenant, and if you've ever seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know what I'm talking about. This ark that Israel had for so many years before they built a the temple. And once they built a the temple, they put this in the Holy of Holies. And the top lid was made out of pure gold, two cherubim on the sides, but it left an empty space in between. What was that? It was a seat. In fact, it's called the mercy seat. It's not just a seat, friends. It's a throne. It's a throne. This is where God sits and is willing to offer his people grace and mercy. Now, no one could just go into the Holy of Holies. Once a year, the high priest was to go in there. And this was a terrifying experience. I know for some of us, we just say, well, God loves us, right? We should just be able to go into his presence. And I'm telling you, it's that kind of thinking that's keeping God from hearing your prayers. Because you couldn't just go into the Holy of Holies. You, the, the high priest would go in once a year, but he would be shaking in his boots. In fact, it was so terrifying that what they would do is they would tie a rope around his ankle because God might decide to strike him dead for going in there. They would tie a rope around his ankle because the other priests are like, we're not going in there after you. We're going to drag your body out. I know that may be hard for some of us to get our minds around. Why would God do that? Why does God like that? Friends, I need to remind us today, we serve a mighty God. He's a holy God. He's not a wimpy God. I don't know about you. I don't want a wimpy God protecting me and my family. I need a mighty God. He's a mighty God. 
And if we don't come his way, he's so mighty, he might just strike us down. So this room is a terrifying room because it's where the breath. Do you understand who I'm talking about, guys? Yahweh. The God above all other imposter gods. Okay? This is the most high God. We better have a little respect. Amen? Okay, so this high priest got to go in there. Rope tied around his leg. He knows he might be struck down if he does anything. What does his life and the future of Israel depend on? Depends on one thing. The sacrifice that they make for that high priest and for Israel. They had to make a sacrifice. They had to sacrifice a lamb. That lamb was taking, it was representing taking the sin of the priest, taking the sin of Israel upon itself and being slain so that it died with their sin so that they could be cleansed and they could be forgiven and now come before a holy God. That high priest's life and Israel's future and prayers being heard all depended on one thing, that sacrifice being made. So do you think that high priest is going to pick a bad sacrifice? Some shabby sheep, some lame lamb. You think he's going to? No, he's going to pick the very best. You guys see where I'm going with this? We come into the presence of God because the best sacrifice has already been made. His name is Jesus. Jesus has been slain for us so that we can now come into this mighty God's presence and be safe. That's what Jesus, that's why we come clothed in Christ. We come clothed in his presence, in the righteousness. It's not based on my goodness. It's not based on your goodness. It is based on the goodness of Jesus. He gets all the glory. He is the hero. He is the one who has given us safety to come before a mighty God and stand in his presence. So now we can make our prayer known. In Edinburgh, I want us to be a church when we pray, we pray like that. We pray understanding that. We pray prayers that get heard because we recognize we come in the name of who? We come in the name of Jesus. That's why Jesus said, whatever you ask for in my name will be done for you. Hebrews 4 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? Confidence. We can now come confident. We know we're safe. In Christ. Why do we come before his throne? So that we may receive mercy at the mercy seat, the throne room of God, and find grace to help us in our time of need. Okay? So we're going to end by taking communion. <laughs> I can't stress how important this is, what we're doing. <laughs> you want to keep coming before God on your own? I honestly, I feel sorry for you. Keep thinking it's about you and your righteousness and your goodness. I feel bad for you. I got to get this across. We don't come based on our goodness. We come based on the goodness of what this is telling us, of what this represents. If you didn't get a communion cup, by the way, raise your hand. We got people in the back. I want you to do this with us. Just raise your hand. They'll bring you a communion cup. Friends, for some of you, maybe even for the first time, this, understanding this, recognizing what we're doing is going to usher you into the presence of God. And I want the presence of God to be in this place. Amen? Amen. That's why we do this. We're saying, God, come here. We're not coming on our, because we deserve it. We're coming because Jesus has already earned it for us. So we come in his name. And so we're going to take, peel back this top layer. It represents the broken body of Christ for us. 
He became that lamb. He became that sacrifice, giving himself. We didn't even have to provide the sacrifice. You say, doesn't God love me? Yes, that's why he provided the sacrifice for you. So you could come into his presence. So he gave us Jesus. Jesus did all the work. Jesus, thank you. Can we just say thank you, Jesus? Guys, we're coming into the presence of God right now because of Jesus. This is incredible. And so we want to recognize that. And so we eat together. It's all about you, Jesus. Mm. We invite you into this place. We invite you into our lives, God. Come into this place through Christ. Mm. Now we peel back that second layer. It represents the, the shed blood of Jesus so that we could have the forgiveness of sin. We could be cleansed of our sin. If there's anything you need to be cleansed of. Remember, guys, we're dealing with a holy God here. We want to be washed. We want to be cleansed. That's what the cross is telling us. Made a way for us to be clean, clothed in his righteousness, so that we could come before him because of what Christ has done. So, God, we invite you into this place through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Let's drink. All right, so we've invited God <laughs> into this place through Christ. What I want to do is I want to just give you all a moment, okay? You made it to church. You're here. You're watching online. I encourage you to do this as well. Listen, let's just spend a little time. Is God putting anything on your heart you need to pray for as we begin 2023, this new year? So I want to give you some time. Maybe God's prompting you right now. Whatever that is, think through. What do you need to pray for for this new year? As we enter into this new year, just spend a little time in his presence, in his throne room, where we are right now through Christ, asking. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's somebody who's sick. Maybe you're sick and you need healing. By the way, we have a prayer team after service. We'd love to pray for you. Maybe it's a job situation or you need a new job. It's a marriage. future spouse, current spouse. You need to pray for your finances. We just, if you don't know, if nothing's come to mind, we just pray for revival. <laughs> I want that. In our community and across the world. What I'm going to do um, this time is I'm going to invite three people up on stage and they're going to they're pray for us. They're going to pray a prayer of blessing for us. And so I'm going to go ahead and invite those three, um, Phyllis Swanson and Robin Hokinson, who serve as the leaders of our prayer ministry. And also uh, Steve Hedberg, who is our church chairman. They're going to pray a prayer for us as we kick off this new year, just a, a blessing over. So I'm going to let those three take it from here. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before your throne in the powerful name and the authority of Jesus Christ. We commit this congregation, Edinburgh, into your hands. 
We pray, Lord, for our finances and for our jobs, that you would have your way with us. We pray for those who need a job. Don't know. Maybe, maybe they don't know where the next money is coming from to pay their bills. You understand them. You, Lord, we trust you to choose the perfect jobs at the perfect time for all of those. We pray for so many who are sick in many different ways, those who have cancer going through treatments, Lord, that you would heal them, that you eradicate this cancer. We pray for those who will find out about cancer in this next year, that you would go ahead of them, that you would comfort them, let them know that you're in charge. We pray for those who are waiting surgery, very afraid. Pray that your presence would be real to them. We let them know that you're going in there with them. And you would guide the doctors. Pray for those who are recovering from surgeries, those who are living in constant pain, those who struggle with anxiety and fear. Lord, may your presence be very near to them. Relieve them of that. Help their sleep. They would have sweet, precious sleep. We pray for those with mental and emotional struggles. We pray, Lord, <laughs> we pray that they would know you have a purpose for their lives and they mean so very much to you. Please protect them and their families and may all of our illnesses, our finances, our jobs, everything, Lord, be for the glory of your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you that we can approach you with boldness because of what Jesus has done for us. We thank you that you want relationship with us. We thank you for your word in Colossians 1.12 that says that you have qualified us because of the covering of the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you have redeemed us and forgiven us. Father God, if you choose to forgive us, we choose to follow that example and choose to build strong marriages based on your love and your forgiveness. Let us be a faith community that recognizes the importance of strong marriages. We thank you, Father God, for the singles in our community as well, and we ask you to encourage their hearts to run deep after you, God, and to sense how fully known they are by you. Father God, we thank you for the children and the youth in our Edinburgh community. We ask for your protection over them and their families. We ask you to hide them, God, from the enemy and the pull of the lies being fed by society. Give our children and our families clear vision, God, to stand on your word as truth and to stay close to your heart. We thank you, Father God, that you are our provider and you give us good gifts. We ask for your provision for the jobs for the Edinburgh community. And from out of that provision, Lord, we choose to bless you back with our tithes and our offerings. And we thank you that we can never, ever outgive you, God. We thank you for the ministry opportunities to grow at Edinburgh. And we pray for the equipping of our pastoral team, our leaders, and for us as a church body to be involved in ministry opportunities. And we ask you to make us hungry, Lord, to go deeper and higher with you, Jesus, Father God, and Holy Spirit.
Father, we acknowledge today that it is only by your son's death, burial, and resurrection, our sacrifice, that we can even come to you and pray our prayers. Lord, we just thank you for that great opportunity that we have. And as we enter into the year 2023, Lord, we just ask you to bless us as a church, as a community, so that we can reach others for you. We pray for our staff. We pray for our volunteers. We pray for our seekers that are coming through our doors, Lord, that uh, our hearts would be open to what it is that you would have for us in this coming year. Father, we look forward with anticipation because you are a good God. We think of those six kids that gave their lives to you, Lord, and that's what it's about. And we want to see more of that, and we ask you for more of that in the coming year. Father, you are so good to us. We thank you, and we worship you today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Let's give them a round of applause for praying for us. Yeah. And now let's stand. We're going to end with some worship.